0: don't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to Psalm 51. Psalm 51. We are currently in a Sunday School series studying Psalm 51 with the title of it, The Way Back to God. And isn't it great encouragement that it doesn't matter how you messed up, that if you are willing to come back, God will take you back. We know that David in his life has gone through some horrible things. That David has committed some egregious sins. Oftentimes when we think about David, we see him as the great hero. But in this story, he is not the hero. He was a murderer, an adulterer, a liar. And yet, there was a way back to God even for David. In Psalm 51, we see David's prayer as he's getting back to God. There is a way back to God. And as we study Psalm 51, it's an encouragement to us that there is a way back to God. And so if you don't mind, notice with me in Psalm 51, starting at verse number one, we're going to read the whole psalm and then we'll put emphasis on our study today. Psalm 51, starting at verse one. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy lovingkindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God. Thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else I would give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion, build thou the walls of Jerusalem, then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering, then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. And if you're in the heaven of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in Psalm 51 and verse number one. Psalm 51 and verse one, notice the phrase, have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon me. And with the Lord's help, we'll hit the Sunday School series, our third part of this Sunday School series. Have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon me. Now, a cry of mercy is a cry for help. It is a recognition of uh, guilt and a recognition that, that someone needs to escape certain judgment as David has come to himself and he's looking and he realizes how guilty he is. He calls out to God, have mercy upon me. Mercy, mercy. Psalm 51 has often been called the sinner's guide back to God. It brings us face to face with the mercy of God and in the very first verse we see this, have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon me. Now, as we go through and we remember in 2 Samuel chapter 11, we have listed the sin that David had with Bathsheba. Of course, he committed adultery, but she was uh, already married. And in order Uh, She came up to him and said, guess what we're going to be expecting in a couple of months? And he immediately tried to cover it up. He brought Uriah back and said, hey, I know you're fighting in the front, but go back and spend some time with your wife. And he refused. How can I go back when all my tribe and my commanders and my brethren are out in the battlefield? How can I go back and Relax. And so David had signed a death warrant and he trusted Uriah so much that Uriah carried his death warrant with him and carried it to the commander, Joab. And it was in the midst of the battle that David arranged for Uriah to die. So now David has committed murder. He's tried to cover up his sin and he's been trying to live with it, thinking he's got away with it. That was until the prophet came and put his bony finger in David's face and said, thou art The man. Thou art the man. David had been carrying this around. He knew he wasn't getting away with it inside. He was miserable. And now because of the preacher pointing out in his life, Thou art the man. He now turns back to God and records Psalm 51 for it. and We have this here, this account of David getting back right with God. And he starts off by saying, mercy, mercy, I need mercy. So to start this off, there's some things that we want to understand as we talk about mercy. We start off with the idea that God is a God of mercy. God is a God of mercy. Think about how amazing mercy is. Think about how awful sin really is. You know, we'll never understand how awful sin is. We can get sort of an idea. But to be honest, in our finite minds, we don't understand how awful sin really is. But we can get a taste of it. And I want you to think about David. he committed adultery with Bathsheba, which has its own consequences. But then he murdered a man. Can someone expect to have forgiveness and mercy for murder? Isn't that awful? We think of all the different atrocities that man is capable of, and let me tell you, man is horrible, and the things that we could do—not just all those other men, but if you could be honest, the evil things you're capable of. And I want you to think about that if you were God would you be willing to forgive other people who've done things? You know, it's much easier to get forgiveness from God than it is from man. But think about man and our guiltiness. And then think about how wonderful mercy really is. That God can offer us mercy when we're clearly not deserving of mercy. That God offers us mercy When we clearly are guilty that we're wrong, that God can provide mercy for us, for anything. David cried out and said, have mercy upon me, O God. Now notice in Psalm 51, as we talked about this, about the sinner's guidebook with getting right with God, he did not start with his sin. Where does he start? He starts with the mercy of God. He doesn't go up and talk about how bad of a sinner he is. He starts off by saying what a great savior God is. God, you have mercy. I know I'm a sinner, but I'm starting off recognizing you're a God who's willing to forgive. Have mercy. Have mercy. You see, none of us will see the seriousness of sin until we see God as he should be seen. High, holy, and lifted up. That when we see God in his rightful place, that we see he's a wonderful God, a magnificent God, a holy God, that's when we start realizing how awful and sinful we truly are. It all begins with God. In Psalm 136, we're not going to turn there, but in Psalm 136, it goes through the history of Israel. Israel. And in it, it goes through and it tells about something that happened in Israel. And then it says immediately after that, for his mercy endureth forever. In my mind, it's like the museum uh, version of the history of Israel. For those of you who've been in a museum, imagine with me that you have the history of Israel and then you have in a painting a picture of something that, that Israel went through. Ah, let's turn to 136. It's much easier if we could look at it. And Psalm 136. (laughs) Psalm 136. And I want you to look with me. Let's start in verse 1 and get a running start where I want to hit you. But I want you to notice that each verse ends with a phrase that his mercy endureth forever. Notice in Psalm 136 verse 1. Give thanks unto the Lord for he is good for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods For his mercy endureth forever. Oh give thanks to the Lord of lords. For his mercy endureth forever. To him who alone doeth great wonders. For his mercy endureth forever. To him that by wisdom made the heavens. For his mercy endureth forever. Here is a tangible picture. You can see creation beginning. And under that, you see a brass uh, nameplate that talks about the the picture. And it says, for his mercy endureth forever. Uh, Notice with me in verse number seven. uh, uh, Verse six. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endureth forever. We'll talk more about this in our creation seminar. Verse 7. To him that made great lights, for his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule the day, for his mercy endureth forever. The moon and the stars to rule by night, for his mercy endureth forever. You could see these pictures. In one picture you have the sun and the brass plaque underneath it on the frame, for his mercy endureth forever. The next picture has the moon and the stars and the brass plaque, for his mercy endureth forever. Notice with me, if you don't mind, in verse number uh, 10. To him that smote Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endureth forever. The next picture you see that God is delivering the children of Israel out of Egypt. And in this picture, you could see Pharaoh holding his child. Why, on the background, you see Israel leaving. And on the brass plaque, you could see his mercy endureth forever. Verse 11, and brought out Israel from among them for his mercy endureth forever with a strong arm and a stretched out arm for his mercy endureth forever to him that divided the Red Sea into parts for his mercy endureth forever. The next picture you see is Moses with his rod and the Red Sea parting on either side and the brass plaque for his mercy endureth Forever. And Psalm 126 goes on, and as it goes through each snapshot of Israel's history, it has this brass plaque For his mercy endureth forever. What a great God of mercy that we have. That a great God who is willing to forgive, a great God who loves us so much that he wants to offer forgiveness for us if we would just come to him and ask. For that mercy. Oh, I'm so glad that we have a great God, a God who has great mercy, a God of mercy. There's a second thing I want to bring your attention to, that not only is God a God of mercy, but our only hope is in the mercy of God. Our only hope is in the mercy of God. Notice with me in Psalm 51 and verse 1 again. "Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to thy tender mercies, blot out my transgression. David went up to God with the request, blot out my transgressions. Why did he go to God? Because God was the only one who was able to do so. It was God that he needed mercy from. Blot out my transgressions. I want you to do something to be done so that nothing remained of David's sin. He wanted to be cleansed. Can a sinner be cleansed again? Yes. Yes. How does a prodigal come home? The mercy of God. How does a person start over? The mercy of God. Is there a way to be clean once an individual has been made dirty of sin? The mercy of God. It's only one way. It is the mercy of God that can wash us white as snow. That is our only hope. There is no way of doing it ourselves. There is no way of getting forgiveness for ourselves. It is only by the mercy of God. So God is a God who is plenteous of mercy, but it is only... Also, our only hope is the mercy of God. We also realize with this that the mercy of God is our only hope. I was just reading this morning in the book of Lamentations. Lamentations chapter number three. It talks about that the mercies of God, they're new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. I want you to think about that. That's not just... A cool song, but the mercies of God are new every morning. That means when you wake up in the morning, God has brand new mercies for you. It doesn't run out. They're renewed every morning. Have you ever had a bad day? Now, don't admit it, but have you had a day where you just messed up and then just to compound it, you messed up some more? Then you messed up some more and just for dessert, you messed up some more? Aren't you glad that there's a God who's plenteous in mercy? And that every morning he says, brand new day, let's start off right. Mercy new every morning. It doesn't run out. We didn't reach God's limit of mercy and we topped it out. God says, you're done. Aren't you glad it's new every morning? And then to follow it up, it says, great is his faithfulness. That God is faithful not to run out in mercy He doesn't forget to go fill up in gas. He doesn't forget to to top off with mercy. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't make it to the gas station tonight. No mercy today. His mercies are new every morning, always and forever. Now, again, we're not giving us permission to sin. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is that if we do sin, we still got a God who's great in mercy. And we can be right with God because of his mercy. This I recall to my mind, again in Lamentations, this I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. What does he have hope in? It is of the Lord's mercies we are not consumed. You know what we do deserve? We deserve to be consumed. But God shows us mercy. You ever wonder why, you know, we think about awful people, and we wonder why God God doesn't kill them. Because God's showing mercy. He's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. It's one more day where they might receive Christ. Aren't you glad that God shows us mercy and didn't kill us right away? Amen. Yeah. He's got great mercy. It is our only hope. It is of God that we need to go to. In fact, the book of, of the Habakkuk, the prophet, he says this statement in Habakkuk chapter 3. In wrath, remember mercy. That even when God is sending destruction, even when we're having consequences for our action, we could still ask for God's mercy in the midst of that. That God knows what he's doing. In wrath, remember mercy. Mercy. The mercy of God is a wonderful thing, which now brings us to this. The mercy of God is our motive for everything in the Christian life. The mercy of God is our motive for everything in our Christian life. If you don't mind, turn to my life verse. uh, The book of Romans chapter 12. The book of Romans chapter 12. This verse means so much to me. And I want to point something out to you. The book of Romans chapter number 12. The book of Romans chapter 12. And notice with me in verse number one. Uh, One and two is what we're going to pay attention to, but Romans chapter 12, verses one and two. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Here it says that we're supposed to present our bodies unto God as a living sacrifice. Not a body that's wasted and wrecked with sin, but when it's still usable, I present, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, by the way, which is your reasonable service. God's not asking us to do something unreasonable. He's asking us to do something very reasonable. Then it says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You understand that the battleground begins in the mind. And then it says that it may prove. I love the word prove. As a scientist by nature, I love the word knowledge prove. You know the Bible's full of it, full of terms that deal with the idea of science, evidence, proof. Here, it's not saying that you may know God's will. It's that you proved God's will. That as you obeyed God, God put evidence that this was right in the first place. That you may prove the good and the perfect, And the acceptable will of God. Those are not three separate wills of God. That's one will of God, three different descriptions. But before you hit all of that, notice again verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, notice this, by the mercies of God. How in the world is it that we could present our bodies a living sacrifice? By the mercies of God. How in the world is it that we could have uh, transforming our mind? By the mercies of God. How is it that we could prove the good and acceptable and perfect will? By the mercies of God. You understand, the mercies of God is where it starts off with. All that we do for for him has to be done because of the mercies of God. Now, let me clarify what I mean. That I don't serve God in order to get something from him. I serve God because of what he's already done for me. I don't serve God in order to get his mercy. I serve God because he's already showed me mercy. See, that's our motive. We should serve God out of a thankful heart. There are so many people that think that if they do something for God, that God will do something for them. But I don't have to work to earn his favor. I work because of what he's already done for me. You see, then it changes. I don't do things out of duty. I do things out of love. That's how God wants us to serve him. He doesn't want us to serve him because we have to. He wants us to serve because we want to. That's the goal. That's where it needs to get to. But it starts off with the mercy of God. Because I'm forgiven, I'm glad to serve God. I cannot serve God in order to be forgiven. God has already offered it to us freely. You see, this changes everything. That my motive for doing anything for the Lord is because of his mercy. Because of the forgiveness that he's offered. Because of what he's already done for me. I'm willing to serve God. It changes everything. But it starts off by recognizing what you've been forgiven of. We've been forgiven of so much. I'm a preacher, but I'm a wretch. If you knew all the sins that I did, you wouldn't want to be friends with me anymore. By the way, if I knew all the sins that you did... We probably have some issues too, right? Right. All of us are sinners and we've been forgiven of so much. When you realize what you deserve, I deserve hell. I deserve to be burning right now. And the only reason why I'm not is because of God's mercy. I don't deserve to be living right now. The only reason why I do am is because of God's mercy. I don't deserve to be serving God right now. The only reason why I can is because of God's mercy. We are not worthy. We are not capable. We are not able. Only God is. And God has showed us enough mercy. And out of a grateful heart, we can go and serve God. Doesn't that free us so much? That we don't have to go through the frustration, have I done enough? Have I done enough to make God happy with me? Have I done enough to earn my forgiveness? Have I done enough to balance the scales? We don't have to balance the scales. God has taken all of our sin and has thrown it away. All of it. Now I get to serve God. Because I'm so glad of what he's done for us. Because of his mercy. God is plenteous in mercy. His mercy endureth forever. Morning by morning, new mercies he brings. Oh, great is his faithfulness. It is by his mercies we are not consumed. In wrath, remember mercy. It is by the mercies of God that we can serve him. What a wonderful thing it is to study the mercy of God. And as we do, we get a reflection of ourselves There's nothing we can do, but God has done it all. Doesn't that do something in us? Make us glad and grateful and want to serve this God who is so plenteous in mercy. Amen.